Listening Dog Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The hot mess mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the hot mess mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our hot mess mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It's the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. And I'm Jenny Powell. And I love shows like this. You know, when you just look back at the best of bits. I mean, it happens in life. You look back at the best of bits, don't you? You do, yeah. Absolutely. And it's just lovely for us both, I think, as well, to just yeah. look back at what we've done, what we've achieved, how much we laughed, mm-hmm. how much we've almost cried when we stopped <laughs> each other just before the last hurdle. Um, and it's been a cracker. Yeah, uh, sticking has. to the seasonal thing. It's funny, isn't it? Because I always feel like the seasons are quite long. So when we come to an end, it feels like we've been together a long yeah. time doing it, which I really love because it never feels like work. It feels like something fun that we do every week, which is the dream, right? Yeah. Sort of be in that position. So it's so lovely. And it's great to look back at all the conversations we've had, like what's been going on in our lives. Yeah, but we don't really hold back, do we? No. I do you think, think we've we got worse? I think we've... <laughs> definitely got worse yeah we do cover more yeah. more sensitive subjects more <laughs> sexy subjects because yeah. like, i don't know why i go down that route but um yeah we have haven't we and we're if you think about when we first met it just wouldn't have happened not like it does now no maybe that's because we're a more comfortable mm. i think with everything b we care less c we realize that when we're really honest people go oh god i'm so glad it's not just me and i, I like so. that moment yeah we've had some great feedback too haven't we yeah absolutely. i think everybody loves the honesty and yes. like how, how open we are yeah um and i think a lot of people um of our sort of like well, of, of our Hot Mess Mums Club um, are getting used to doing just that as well. You know, maybe speaking out a bit more about how they really think, um, how they feel. Um, and, you know, hopefully you've helped them to do that because it's not a bad thing. No. God, no. Having no filter is the way forward. Absolutely. <laughs> Except for when your husband's listening, then it's not so good. I know I have that because Marcia's not really. So like, when she put, I go, oh, no, you don't want to listen to that. <laughs> you the know, wrong what, day. Yeah. Anyway, I listened to that <laughs> and it was the wrong one. And he went, do you always just talk about me like that? Mm. Yes. And I said, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it's, it's a time to celebrate all that has been going on with the Hot Mess Mums in the past year. And I'm really looking forward to our favourite moments and just having a quick reminisce. 
Kelly Pegg, Jenny Powell, Hot Mess Mums. We're working with Kuka to show you the difference that one of their brilliant taps can make around the home. Getting one in the kitchen cuts down on the time you spend waiting for hot water. It's actually only until you get a Kuka tap that you realise how long you've spent waiting for the kettle to boil, basically. Oh my God, yeah. That yeah. first cup of coffee in the morning, I'm smiling. Also, another bonus, they've got, uh, they're just great for the environment and their different models look really fancy too. The Kuka Tap reduces water and power waste and saves busy mums like us lots of time from washing the dishes to cooking and even when you're doing the cleaning. Kuka Tap shave minutes off and we all know how we need every second we can get as busy parents. So for more information, visit kuka.co.uk, spelt Q-U-O-O-K-E-R. We'll be back soon. Can't believe that 2023 is about to be rolled out already. Um, how have we found the last season? I think we've, on a personal low, I think we've enjoyed having conversations just between ourselves a yes. bit more, haven't we? Yeah, I love that. I mean, we love having our guests on. They've all been really cool guests as well this year. But um, I think we've we've sort of dug a bit deeper between ourselves. Yeah, we? absolutely. I think we have that time to talk about stuff that goes on in real life and every day everybody's yeah. lives mm. that's really relatable and yeah. share some of our stuff you know mm. the ups and downs a bit of advice you're great with advice always and I think I just make it up been, Kelly I don't know what I'm talking about to be honest I think that's yeah. been really nice <laughs> and I also like it because we actually get that time to ourselves as well which is lovely because we don't live near each other anymore so we're, we're on zoom for a lot of it and it's like we have a proper catch-up yeah, we you really know. do. No offence to the lovely celebrity guests that we have and experts. <laughs> it's great having Watch there. this space. Yeah, I like having Jen to myself. Yeah. <laughs> the next series won't have any guests and you'll wonder why. Well, now you know. Uh, but yeah, we've we, we've covered a lot and we've done a lot, both of us, this yeah. year that um, we yeah. want to share. Absolutely. One of the things that really inspired me and I thought was brilliant because you were so open about it and talked about it was the fact that you, you know, had surgery on your boobies earlier this year so basically i had implants back i'd say about uh 17 years ago yes so connie was uh only about three years old and i'd breastfed her i'd sort of put on weight lost weight and uh, it was the funniest thing my mum, who'd had breast cancer gone through a mastectomy didn't have reconstruction, but you know, they've been a very, it's been a very sort of prominent subject in the family. And obviously it was a big thing for all of us. And uh, anyway, she'd had, she'd been through all that. And then uh, she came out with me one day because I had to buy a, a, an evening gown for some occasion. And she was in the dressing room with me and I took my clothes off while I was changing. And she went, Oh my God, you need to get those done. <laughs> So it was actually my mum who, having been through all her breast cancer and everything, went, oh, you need to get your boobs done. I was like, really? And she went, yeah, that's, they're bad. So um, I thought, oh, okay. So I did all this due diligence, you know, and it's whether you're comfortable with it or not. There's lots of people who have had bad experiences, all the rest of it. But, you know, it's a decision. It's a choice you have to make. So I did all the due diligence. I did the research for what I thought was I'd be happy with. Then I found the right consultant um, in the area. I went through it all. Um, was really happy with the decision I made and thought, right, I'll book him with this consultant. He sounds brilliant. Went and sat in the um, waiting room to meet him and he comes out and I thought, I recognise him. And it was a dad from school. No! Oh, my God! Oh. Yeah. 
And the funny thing is, there were only eight girls in Connie's class. She went to this tiny school. So of all the people in all of the Northwest where I'd researched... It had to be him. It had to be her dad. What are the odds of that? So I was like, I said to the secretary, I was like, I can't go in, I can't go in. I can't, I know him. I sit next to him at Christmas, at the Christmas Carol concert. And she went, don't worry about it. You know, when you go in, he'll be sitting behind his big desk, you know, and he's got his, you know, consultancy head on. So you'll, you won't feel so bad. Are you sure? So anyway, funnily enough, that was the guy who did my first round of boobs. Yeah, I chose to do that. And they were just sort of, I, I asked basically to look like the way I did before breastfed and everything and it was my choice and and I I was really happy actually nobody even noticed you know I didn't want to look like some um strange sort of like well it was difficult at the time because of course it was a newish thing there were certain types of people who did it for certain reasons should we say that but yeah mine was just to sort of replace what had been there before most people didn't even notice but you know I left them in for 17 years and you it's life gets in the way you have more kids I had Pollyanna and I breastfed actually with her with them it's been brilliant, but I left them in just that little bit too long because we do that, don't we? We neglect ourselves. And it got to the point where they're actually, they'd sort of, what happens is they, but they get old, they capsulate. And so, you know, they were sort of bumpy and weird and odd. And then, you know, you just kind of get used to things, don't you? And then I made the decision to go and have them done again, which I have. Yeah, just to say, if you have, and you have left them in a long time, you know, you can decide whether to have them taken out and not replaced. I decided to have them put back in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so pleased. Yeah. They look amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I haven't showed a lot. Well, I've showed you, haven't I? You showed me last week under your big sort of surgery bra. And I was like, bloody hell, they look great. Look, this is me. Nothing there at all now because, you know, like you say, you have kids, you breastfeed or you, oh, I did with Ava, but mine were massive when I was pregnant. Yeah. I, I was a double D, double F, something ridiculous, you? you know. So, yeah. God, they were huge. And right. then, of course, after I had them, they just pinged like elastic. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing, there's nothing there. And cause I go to the gym a lot as well. I've lost a, quite a bit of fat off them. Mm. So again, there's no, there's just nothing there. So for me, they're the one part of me that I feel really, I don't wear a bra a lot of the time. I feel really self-conscious about, and I think it's on my bucket list, another thing on my bucket list to get them done. The thing is, all the information's out there for you to make the right choice if you're thinking about it. That's all I'll say, because, you know, there are people who aren't fans of the whole thing, and I get that completely, but, yeah, do your research, and uh, it has to be a decision that you make, and you've got to do it for you, remember. The Hot Mess Mums. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. Early into season 11, I think it was, we were joined by Jean Johansson, the gorgeous, you know, the Glaswegian lady who, lady, girly friend of the Hot Mess Mums. She basically lights up the screens, I know that, on Channel 4's show, um, A Place in the Sun. And it was really interesting to talk to her about her representation. In fact, mine, we sort of have similar roots how we were sort of introduced into the world of telly, an interesting industry when you've come from a different background. Um, and especially when it came to sort of the 80s and 90s and how um, I didn't realise, but um, she basically um, was a bit inspired by yours truly. How's that happen? For all of us of my generation, you are one of the presenters that we watched. And the fact that you are still working today. <laughs> My God, it is this industry is such a slog. People go in fashion, out of fashion. Mm-hmm. They don't want this. They do want that. I've been a real victim of never being, you know, that whole Ladette thing. I was never cool. I was never E4. I was never T4. It was always like, she's too smiley. She's too bubbly. She's too nice. 
you know, but luckily that has served me well now, but you'll have seen all the trends in and out, up and down. And and when you're still here at the end, you kind of go, well done me. I've put up with all that shit. I've gone through all these different trends and, and I'm still here. So I am really proud of the longevity I've had and I'm still I'm you know I'm not that old um so hopefully there's still more to come as well but you've you've been through a really similar journey Jenny I know that so you get it absolutely and I was just quite intrigued as well because I know you've done this documentary and uh, you're talking about sort of being of mixed race in Scotland so of course I was my parents are both South African both escaped Mm -hmm. apartheid Uh, you got to be so careful what you say but you know I was the brown one uh, yeah. And people were always really confused about, you know, what my heritage was, etc. And again, there's similarities there. And again, yeah. you know, the picture that we can paint sort of like all those years ago to what it is now, you know, it's still foggy. It's not clear cut, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is foggy. It's really tricky. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I refer to myself as a black woman and that annoys people. And then if I refer to myself as mixed, that annoys people. Uh-huh. And you know, I was being here in Scotland is a whole nother ball game when you're a brown person. I had a really great upbringing and a really supportive, real working class community that looked after us. But as soon as I stepped out of that, it was like, oh God, there there are problems, there's issues, there's people that don't like me because of the colour of my skin. It's like weird. Um and then moved to London and thought, oh, I'm going to the big melting pot of London where everybody loves each other and it'll all be great. And of course, I'd been in this industry as well. It, it wasn't, it, you know, it's been tough. But Jenny, you probably don't realise like you led the way for girls like me. You know, I you were one of the first mixed presenters I remember seeing on telly. Um, so I think it's great that you. I hope that I am the Jenny Powell for another person, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it representation is so important and there's still although there's big massive diversity pushes yeah still not where it should be I don't think not for me no I agree not for me I think it almost feels sometimes when you when this is discussed and you see it on telly that often it's a it's a tick boxing exercise to say Mm. that they are hiring certain people from certain backgrounds or races. Uh, and it, it still feels a little bit like that when it, sh- it shouldn't be like that really, should it? Yeah, and that's really tough because I fought like hell for the past 20 years in this industry. So I don't want anyone to see me on a show and think I got that show yeah. to tick a box. And I don't, I don't want jobs for that reason. It's going to happen because I'm not privy to those conversations and, and who makes those decisions. But you know, I just know that I'm good at my job. So for whatever reason I've got there, I, I will deliver once I get the job. But yeah, there, it's a funny time in the industry. I don't know if you feel mm. the same, Jenny. It's yeah. like, it's odd. It's it's so, so, It feels a bit weird and icky at times, but it, it's maybe a necessary evil what's going on at the moment just to make it a bit of a fairer playing field. That's yeah, how I, feel. I think it, there's just this consciousness now, isn't there? Yeah. And that consciousness is easy for me to say, but, it, you know, it, it's either way, <laughs> you know. I'm conscious about, oh, you know, some people have, I'm trying to make a documentary uh, about apartheid and uh, Kate Colleds, who, you know, people say, we can't say colours. I say, I bloody can, because they're yeah, a bloody can, race yeah. of people. <laughs> You know, we are Cape Colours and that's that. Oh, you um, have to do it because I don't know anything about that group of people. No, you see, you see. And things like that, though, you know, you, you're conscious even the fact that, oh, she's playing that card. Why is she doing that? Is it because she <laughs> needs to... Why is it a card? Yeah, it's, it's a card. Are. You know, <laughs> see what I mean, though? 
It's just, it yeah. is very tricky. Yeah. And I feel like we're all sort of quite tentative. And it's not because we're, you know, we're sort of like scared or um, it, it's more the fact that I just don't know. I worry for people, actually. I worry about, you know, the the sort of the way society is and the way media is, that people are being, you know, sort of like almost brainwashed and coerced into having this kind of um, awareness that isn't quite what it's supposed to be. Our hot mess mums telling it like it is. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. We have one of our favourite ladies on again this season who comes back again and again like a boomerang, but we just love her and we're so glad that she supports us and we support her too. The wonderful Lindsay Queen Clean. Uh, she answered uh, some of the uh, our listeners questions about uh, decluttering and all that she always has amazing advice yeah. doesn't she um she's so good when it comes to helping mums out as well and especially in sort of the winter because it's the time to do it I think yeah and know. also she's like the original to me you yeah know, when you look too. around now social media, there's a lot of uh, trying sort of, to be like her yeah, yeah absolutely but she is the original and she is the real deal we had a couple of questions in for you and Lisa her first question was where do you start <laughs> which I think is really good um, so I, I basically think, you know, this time of year, we're transitioning our homes, you know, so we want to do things like grab your cushion covers like this and change them, make them more autumnal and do little things like that, that give your home a new lift. But take your time, break it down, small spaces at a time. If we're all busy, let's be honest, most of us work ridiculous hours these times or we're looking after children. The last thing we want to do is open a wardrobe and declutter it, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Look at your wardrobe and think, right, I'm going to do all my dresses today. Just do your dresses. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Tomorrow, do your jeans. You know, find 10 minutes here and there and just do minimal tasks as and when you can. Because I think if you say to yourself, oh, this weekend, me and my family are going to declutter the whole house, open every cupboard. What a weekend that's going to be. No one's going to have any enjoyment. So I just think, you know, do it as and when you can, you know, in between Zoom meetings, if you're working from home. Go and open the, the coffee cupboard, for example, in the kitchen. Quickly get it all out, give it a wipe, put it all back, and then you're going to feel that sense of achievement. You're going to tick something off your list, and then you might be more inclined tomorrow to go, right, let's do the tin food today. Let's do the saucepans the next day. And anything that you've not used, slightly damaged, you know you won't benefit from it. Get it out your house. Don't hold on to clutter. And the biggest thing is, is that someone else can benefit from your rubbish. They always say that. It might be rubbish to you, but it could be gold to somebody else. So that frying pan you've never touched, go and give it to someone. List it on a, a local selling page. Do things like that to give you a sense that you're doing something for other people as well. Just don't hold on to it. Clutter's not good for you mentally. You know, when you clean your brain up with all the things you've got to do, you feel very overwhelmed so that your house feels the same. If you're sat in a lounge and it's full of newspapers, candles that have been burnt out, get them out. Yeah. Don't stare at them. <laughs> you made that seem so simple. And it, it's, it so makes sense to me now you say it. And all those things, as you were saying it, I was, th I was thinking about a frying pan before you. I thought, I've got about three. Why have I got three frying pans? Yeah, you probably have your favourite, don't you? Every time you go to use your frying pan, you just get the top one out. Another two yeah. the get them out. Absolutely. And the candle thing is so true. And sometimes I've got the candle holders with the, the little one things in them 
in the yeah you only get a bag of them don't you for about 400 of them for about 20 quid and um all those I think gosh I've got loads of them lying around and I think you're right I do that whole wardrobe thing and it's true you think you're going to do it all in one go and then you stop halfway through and it's just everywhere and you've made piles everywhere you think why did I that's the classic one where you go why did I start this when I knew I couldn't finish it? So to just compartmentalise, I think that's a great idea. And do like dresses or jeans or shoes or whatever first. What a great idea. And then I always say as well, so when you put it into a bag ready to take to the charity shop, don't leave it in the hallway or leave it by the back door. Put it in the boot of your car or go straight to that charity shop. Otherwise, it will sit there for six months. Put it in the boot, Lindsay. Three months ago, the bag's still there. That's me. I've got loads in my boot. I always believe if you live in a house with stairs, maybe three-storey, two-storey, always start at the top and work your way down. That way you're bringing the rubbish and the clutter down with you rather than taking it upstairs. So if you're in the top bedroom, bring it down, get it out. And if you're in a room and you've got a shelving unit, start on the top shelf, work your way down. Oh, do you know what really got me laughing? Well, it got everybody laughing. Total sort of like spontaneous, funny moment was when Lindsay, Queen of Clean, was with us. She also got to witness the very first proper hot mess mum moment when you, Kelly, you were asking for a bit of advice and then you you hear little Heath just accidentally say a bit of a naughty word but in all innocence can I say (laughs) for a lot of of mums especially for me as well and I know this that the kids kind of litter all the shelves so in my kitchen I've got two big windows and I like everything empty so it looks really neat and you can just clean it wipe it dust it whatever but when you've got small kids in particular and a husband that I don't know, in his pockets, he carries change, screwdrivers. What else does daddy have? He has all sorts of shit, basically. A ship, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. There's a hot mess mum moment right there. There we go, everyone. We've all done it. You know, let her off. Sorry, he. Your mum's talking about big boats again. Yeah, what about that shit? That shit that that was on... All that shit rubbish that he has in his pockets. All yeah, the lots of he butt. carries around with him. Yeah, yeah. Screwdrivers. Screwdrivers. Yeah, screwdrivers. And and they litter all the, sh- everywhere. All the, the sideboards, the shelves, um, everything. Um, and I just, I get so mad. It, is there anything that any um, of us hot mess mums can do? Um, just hang on a minute to stop, to stop that clutter. And them doing that. Apart from obviously, you know, living on our own. <laughs> What what can you do? Because it just it looks is. so untidy. Yeah, it builds up. And I, I get loads of um, ladies message me that the kitchen island seems to be like a dumping ground these days. We've all got these lovely islands now. And it's just rubbish after rubbish, isn't it? Odds and ends. So I think the best way you can do it is you can get like in a stationery shop, you can get like an A4 box with a lid, but you can get them in pretty colours, you know, pale pinks, blues, um, kiddie-fied ones, and just put that on the island or in that clutter zone and just put everything that's clutter in there. So all the odds and ends, um, their crayons and colouring books and their, I don't know, Play-Doh, whatever they've got these days, and just have a box. But at the end of the day, it all goes into the box. 
put the box to the side, you know, put it in a cupboard if you've got room or you can just leave it out if necessary. But I just think having little boxes that look neat and tidy just will get rid of that stuff. It's odd. I mean, we've all got that drawer, haven't we, with batteries, drawing pins, bits of string, birthday candles, God knows what in. Everybody's got a junk drawer. But I think people are migrating the junk to the kitchen island and surfaces. Yeah. I've got got about three ships in my drawer, three (laughs) ships at least. The Hot Mess Mums, Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. We are working with Kuka throughout this series and today we've hijacked the Kuka offices. Kuka taps are a brilliant addition to any family home and are great for keeping busy kitchens running all over Christmas time. Their different styles and finishes have a look to match absolutely any kitchen. Uh, Jenny absolutely loves uh, using hers to fill up her hot water bottle. I do. Sign of the times. First of all, it's very cold and also I'm at that stage where I just love a hot water bottle. The Kuka tap will fill them in a flash to warm you up over these chilly times. Yes, it will, Kelly. That cosy cup of tea to or what about an instant hot chocolate i mean literally in the snap of your fingers or a cup of coffee with a little bit of a i don't know a cream liqueur in maybe it's christmas after all all of this can be done in a flash and all you need to do is stir the kooka cube add-on gives mums super quick and easy access to tasty filtered sparkling and boiling water it's great for when you've got loads of drinks to make for everyone especially at christmas or when you're working from home and you want a stream of hot drinks throughout the day without waiting for the kettle to boil each and every time so to learn more about Kuka, visit their website, kuka.co.uk, spelled Q-U-O-O-K-E-R. We've talked uh, quite a lot about oversharing with the kids and how relationships aren't always perfect this season. I think that's mm. kind of been a theme, probably more of a me theme than, but you know, like for both of us, very yeah. honest about what life can be like and sort of letting people know that it's really normal, I think. Um, things aren't always perfect though. And I, I think sometimes you've just got to let off steam every now and again, but the kids are bound to see it at some point, aren't they? Yeah. You know, it's hard to hide things from them. It is hard to hide things from them. And also, I mean, sometimes no words have to be said and kids kind of know. Yes. That's the thing. And it's how they take those words or what they've overheard at different stages in their lives. I'm also so worried all the time that I think you have to watch what you say because of they take it so to heart, don't they? I don't know. It's very difficult. I think I've taught mine a few too many swear words. I know that. I have to think, oh, is, is that all right to say that then? Or what? Or do they? I mean, with a 13-year-old, you see, Polly will just kind of go, oh, yeah. And then she's on to the next thing. She kind of, she'll take it in. She'll give you a couple of words of advice, funnily enough, and then she'll leave it. <laughs> And go on, yeah, and then it, everything's fine. She, I think they don't, they they won't hold on to that baggage. No, do you see what I mean? It's interesting. It's yeah. just interesting. Whereas Connie at twenty one, she will because she's an adult now. So she'll say, "Oh, don't tell me that." Oh gosh, you know, I'll be depressed about that for the rest of the day or something. You know, oh yeah, you know, I wish you hadn't have said that. So it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and often we think, well, I do. I think about it after, not at the time. I just run my mm. mouth off. And then, you know, and like we're having the conversation, I'm thinking, oh, bloody hell, I don't know whether I should say that. Because I say, I say things to her. I mean, she's not interested in boys at all. And I'm quite glad about that. No. I, her age, I was, mm. um, but she just couldn't give a fig about anything like that. And I often say to her, just remember that you don't ever need to do this whole thing about boyfriends, marriage. You know, I said, you, you, the world is a different place for girls and women. So remember that. And I'm always saying it to her. Mm. Don't be someone else's servant. 
don't do, you know, because I just want her to grow up feeling empowered, really. I want to try and show her that. But sometimes I find it difficult when you're married. It's really hard to still show that independent side. And I do try to do that with her. But uh, it can be a bit difficult. I laughed at uh, Pollyanna. I was, uh, it was half term and uh, I was like going up and down the stairs with all these black bin liners and I was loading up the car. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the tip. And she went, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> she said, that's not for you to do, is it? Mums. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. And I was like, well, if I don't do it, just, yeah, it is. It's interesting. Because then again, yeah, just sit I there. didn't know what to say. <laughs> you know, that was the right thing to say for her. Or what I thought, oh my gosh, what's she supposed to hear now? As opposed to what I really think, um, which is, you know, if you don't do a job yourself, it won't get done. That's my slogan. Is it? Is it? <laughs> it can be. But, you know, I realised this weekend that sometimes I forget the boring stuff he does for me. So he does all my admin, all my invoices for my, my work in radio um my car MOT ran out because he kept reminding me and I just didn't do it so he got onto the garage and sorted it all out oh that sounds like bliss and he turned around to me and he said you know when you're always saying to me you know I do all the washing Chris and I do all the house stuff what do you do he said just try and think I do all the boring shit and all the banking and all that he said you don't have to worry about any of that and I thought he's kind of right (laughs) but I don't see it because you don't physically see it I forget sometimes. Do you feel bad? I do feel bad. Yeah, I do. I, I find, do you know what? It's been a long, I just find it hard at the moment. I, f- I find it really yeah. difficult. You need some vitamin D3. For anyone who's thinking now, the darkness and this, you know, and all the bugs going about or whatever, but also just it being dark in the winter. Some vitamin D3, everyone, and it's a real pick-me-up. The other question I'm going to ask then, like, because your holiday and my weekend, is that whole making up thing. The last couple of days, he felt better and he became more himself again. So, it, oh, okay, so it, it, it was better between mm. between us. And then when we got home, we've decided to have a puppy. So that's kind of how we've made up: is that we're bringing more chaos. I'm glad we got round to this, but this is extremely exciting. You, so it's a family decision, or was there emotional blackmail, or it's just timely? <laughs> is, it, is it about the right time now? Yeah, I think so. It was a it's a family decision, mm-hmm. definitely. We'd all talked about it. I think I was the one holding everyone back because we got two dogs and I lost one of them six months ago and I've not done a very yeah. good job. Well, I'll say not done a very good job. I can't really talk about it. I get I get really upset and I just couldn't let go. He represented so much to me, not just that I loved him and he was my baby, but also he was, uh, I was a real commitment phobe when I was with Chris and I, Chris will say, I wouldn't even buy a saucepan yeah. with him. We got the dogs and then we bought the saucepans, <laughs> then we bought a house and then we got married. So he represented a start of my journey with Chris as well. And, and that kind of, and it might sound weird, but I don't know. So everything, I don't know. I've been living in the past a bit anyway. Got to let that go. Yeah. Family decision. We decided that it felt right. We've still got Zeus, who's 11, and I think he's a bit lonely. So we went to meet our new addition because we can't get him yet. We went to meet him at the weekend. He's a little black Labrador called Freddy. And the kids love him. They really adore Mm -hmm. him and he's gorgeous. So we get him in a couple of weeks' time. So, of course, Kelly, we we talk constantly between ourselves about... um, 
all the the stuff that gets in the way, the stuff that can upset us. And then other other times, the stuff that makes us really happy as being a, a busy mum. And we talk to lots of our single mums and all our mums, in fact, here in the Hot Mess Mums Club, as it were, about such things. And also we spoke to fellow podcaster Francesca Amber. Do you remember? It was about like being a capable but very independent single mum bringing up children. See, I've got a fiancé, but he's not the father of my kids, but I still feel like a single mum. That's right, isn't it? Okay, interesting. Um, I guess at the end of the day, like, you are the one that is ultimately responsible for them. I guess it's if you... It's hard, yeah. isn't it? Like, I can never get to that place of, like, sharing a mortgage with somebody or even sharing an electricity bill or sharing anything. So I think it depends. If you are the kind of person that can fully let go and you share a house together and you're married, then I don't know. Are you a single parent? I'm not sure. But then, yeah, this bitch is all on her own. I've got nobody. <laughs> I'm on my... And do you know what? That doesn't annoy me. But some people do say to me... Somebody at a baby group the other day said, and I get this all the time, say, well, I'm virtually a single mum because my husband's out of work all day. And I'm oh, like, no, no, you have no idea. Same. You don't get to say that. No. You don't get to say That's actually very, very rude because while your husband is out working all day, he's probably taking care of the bills, the mortgage, a lot of the admin that goes with that. When you're a single mum, when I'm sitting trying to be present with my daughters, I'm also in the back of my head thinking everything's, I get no financial support from anybody, nobody. Mm-hmm. And so not even the dads. So I have to be thinking of that as well. And, and it's even things like if my fence breaks, I have to fix that shit or pay someone to fix it and organize it. I don't have a husband. So Mm. a lot of people do say, oh, I'm like a single mum or I'm a single mum Monday to Friday. Bitch, no, you're not. (laughs) Stop saying that because I have no sympathy for you. If you have a husband out working for your family, you are not a single mum. Okay. I get really angry. Oh, yeah. Very angry. Yeah, good. (laughs) (laughs) No, but people do say it and and it's very, it's very offensive, isn't it? You must, so you've been a single mum, Jenny, haven't you? Yes, it's my, my youngest was uh, 10 weeks old. Uh, my eldest was about eight. Wow. Yeah, so I, yeah. You were in the trenches. I was in the trenches, yeah, full on. I had to sort of like move out of two houses. One was abroad. I just did it all. Yeah. You kind of, yeah, you do the pink and blue jobs, don't you? People must have said to you, didn't they? Like, oh, I feel like a single mum. I know what it's like. Dave's at work all day. Fuck Dave. Not so clear. (laughs) Fuck Dave. (laughs) Oh, you've got three children, but you've got twins as well, which is enormous, you know, juggling all of that. And I know we're talking about offensive things people say at baby groups, which uh, I think we could, God, there's a list (laughs) I can remember from when my daughter was, uh, and nothing to do with single parenting, but other stuff where I just wanted to punch them in the face. (laughs) For you, being in that, obviously you're a very determined person though, because look at how successful you are. So you've got, like Jenny, that grit, that drive. And I know that Jenny won't mind me saying this because we talk about this a lot, but Jenny's very, very independent. Yeah. Uh, No one does anything for us she won't let them even now and she's been with Martin a long time are you a similar do you think you know even if you did meet someone down the line you would still be because you've managed to do all of this and and be amazing with it yeah and I think this is actually something I'm actively working on is I am super super independent I don't like to let anyone into my life in a romantic kind of setting because I think when you've experienced that and and having to do everything by yourself 
it's a massive risk to give that up to let somebody in only to be potentially disappointed again or to be taken advantage of being a single mum and trying to date and let someone into your life and letting people help you is incredibly difficult and we just did a book I do a book club where every month we have a new self-development book and we've just done one called uh, do less which is all about syncing your cycle with the moon it's about energy and time management for busy mums and part of that was accepting and receiving help and quite a lot of us are very very close closed off to accepting and receiving help. And I read that chapter and I was like, oh my God, that is me. Like that is me. And I remember when I was very first breaking up with my husband, I went to an NCT meetup with all of the people that we'd met when we had our first daughter. That was very triggering in and of itself, you know, sitting there with couples with them being like, oh, as soon as Dave gets home from work, I just pass her over. And I'm like, I don't get to do that anymore. So that was triggering already. And then I remember it was an Alexandra Palace in London. And I had to lift this pushchair down about 20 steps. And this man tried to say to me, oh, I'll help you. And I was like, I do not need help. A completely oh, Francesca. unwarranted reaction. Mm. I was like, I do not need help. Like, and I should have just accepted mm. the help. It was a stranger saying, I'll help you lift your newborn down. A, but it was already from that point. I was like, don't need help. I can do it by myself. And I think a big part of that is you think, well, if I accept help from a stranger now, what happens when I am on my own by some steps and I can't do it by myself? And so you just have this thing where you're like, I can do it all by myself. I will do it all by myself. And I don't need nobody. I think she's a real inspiration for mums, Francesca. Again, because she's doing it all herself and she's showing them that she can. But she also talks about it so openly and honestly. Yeah, I mean, she had a little cry as well, you know. And I I love the way, I didn't love the way she cried, but, you know, she, she felt relaxed enough as well on our podcast to just, you know show her emotions but we do that quite a lot as well I think yeah I think that's what people tap into well I hope so anyway seeing as we rarely get to catch up because now we live so far apart as well I don't often sort of get to to chat with you Jen Mm. uh, like normal friends we do on zoom but it's always nicer in person isn't it Uh, so when I do when we do catch up obviously I like to ask lots of questions uh, big questions like this do you think jealousy uh, to a certain extent is important in a relationship a question that I just throw to you, throw to our hot mess mums, you know, and I'm not talking raging possessiveness, but I'm talking a bit of, you know, a bit of like making you feel. I'm going to look up what jealousy actually means. And as I said that, my phone just rang and it is my husband now. What, what a coincidence. Yeah. Talk about the devil and he will appear. Not being a jealous person, I presume, is because I don't really get it. I don't think it's good for you. I think it chews you up in the end. And I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's a great trait. Uh, but I suppose it's not about that. It's about <laughs> thinking about it. it's about, yeah, but you want your partner to be jealous if, you know. Yeah, because I'm not jealous of people. I don't believe in that either. And I think it's a, a really bad trait, you know, to be, to look at someone and want what they've got and hate them for it. Not that kind of stuff. But, you know, just like when you are with somebody that they are a little bit like, oh, oh. Oh, if someone, you know, because I find with Chris, obviously we go down the tunnel, that literally it just, I can say to him, this happened or I got this so-and-so, I think so-and-so fancies me or something. And there's just, there's nothing there. Uh, And I just don't understand what's going on. And I'm like, have we hit? Like, what is going on right now? You know, I know that you're 54, but how, what, what is this? And it's just like, I don't know. I'm finding it really bizarre that he's just not got that protectiveness. And you know, and I know this this sounds really silly, doesn't it, saying this? Do you think I'm silly saying this? No, I don't. Oh, bless you. <laughs> Wait, you said that for like you were 12. Do you think I'm silly saying it? <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. No, I don't. I get it. Because you want that 
I mean, for you, it's uh, it's kind of that confirmation, isn't it, that he's still he's still got that sort of passion there and that yeah that passion to protect and that passion about you're my yeah. woman uh, nobody else's how dare they I suppose a little bit yeah and I think that's an element of jealousy that's quite cool is that there's there's obviously an inner passion in it unless it's just completely out of control <laughs> and then it is it's sort of pathological yeah, no, jealousy not that. that's yeah Which and I've been there thing. with that one in yeah. a relationship that's not a good thing at all it's just no, that wanting but, that bit of a bit more like you know I just yeah. I think everyone likes that. No, no, I get it. I think everyone likes a bit of that. Martin does that quite a lot and goes, oh, you're a bit jealous then, Jenny. And he's not saying it for my benefit. He's saying it for his benefit. Like, oh, you're jealous, aren't you? Oh, that's yeah, It's important though, that little bit of, you know, just to let you know that I still care. And if someone likes you, I still want them to know that you don't belong to them and there isn't a hope in hell they can have you. It's just that. And it's, I don't know what's gone on with him lately. Honestly, I just think he's just so, he's so laid back. He's almost horizontal. It's terrible. I just really, I've spent the whole weekend getting really stressed with him about things because of it. Well, I haven't been here actually, but when I have been. But then I suppose what happens is if, if too laid back, then, you know, you go out, you, maybe that other person, i.e. you, will go out of the way to, to try and make them jealous. That's the next step. Chris better watch out. That's the problem. It'd be like, right, you little fucker. I'm going to make you, I have to try and make you jealous then if you're not going to be jealous on your own and you need a bit of a push and shove, then I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. Proactive jealousy making. <laughs> There's such a thing. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I suppose it, it's good to have a little hint, just to, just to, just your relationship should just have a little seasoning. That's it. Jealousy, I think. A tiny That's little it. bit. You are mine. It's needed. I think it's another sign of when you've been together a long time, I think, when someone just becomes a little complacent. But what do we do? I mean, as my friend Kelsey said, she said, for fuck's sake, Chris. And she walks at me, she went, he's a rocket up his ass. What are we going to do with him? Yeah, interesting subject. And it just kind of came out of the blue. I think what people don't realise, well, maybe they do sometimes... <laughs> We just don't, we don't know what we're going to say, do we, no. to each other. And things just, just, just land sort of here on the, on, on the podcast. <laughs> I think, oh, can't believe we did that. How did that happen? Um, and that certainly happened when you brought up the jealousy thing. But also we'd love to hear from our hot mess mums really about what they think about jealousy in relationships. It's something we can pick up on again, I think. Yeah. Because I'm still not quite too sure. I know you're not. I know. I know. Everyone has a very different opinion on it. Mm. So yeah, it'll be interesting. But our final highlight um, from this season has to come from X Factor winner and Disney and Panto star who just brings a huge smile to my face. Just, she was so, she wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> Sam, She's great. Sam Bailey. <laughs> oh, and she chatted to us about um, what it's like having a child with autism, of course, and how she's trying to educate herself, being as busy as she is as well. I mean, she, her feet just don't even touch no, the ground. She doesn't like rest that one. No, not at all. But she was telling us how she was trying to basically become a, an autism expert, um, you know, in light of her son's condition, Tommy. I've learned so much over the last couple of years and yeah. and it, it goes noticed with my other two children because mm. my youngest has turned around to me and said, Mummy, I want to be autism. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, what do you mean? And she said, well, I said, why do, why do you want to have autism? And she said, because you never get told off. Because she's noticed that because now we understand Tommy a bit more, we don't shout at him we don't raise our voice if he, you know if he's done it like a parent does right that's it get in your yeah. right we're like 
we do things slightly differently with Tommy and it's gone notice that, that we talk to Tommy. Like I'll be like to her, I'll go, right, that's it. Go upstairs and sort that room out. And then I'll go, Tom, can you do me a favour <laughs> like that? Yeah. And she's like, uh, mm-hmm. what? But she understands it now that we can't, we can't raise our voices with Tom because it generally hurts him. When he has his hair cut, we used to be like, oh, don't be silly. But the most sensitive part of an autistic child's body is their hair follicles. So when a child with autism has their hair cut, it actually kind of hurts them. Right. I never so knew there's that. there's so many things that, that, you know, that we didn't understand before. And we was like, he's being lazy, blah, blah, blah. And it's only been since 2020, since we got this diagnosis with Tom and and that you uh, that you actually start to speak to people and then they come to you and say have you tried this or we've done this or we've done this or we've tried that and I'm like oh wow I'll try that and now Tommy like I I did a live this morning on Facebook and I literally was getting choked up because I spoke to Tommy this morning he got up at quarter past seven he gets picked up with a taxi at eight which we've had to fight for again. And he makes his own lunch because if somebody else makes it, he examines it and then goes, no, I'm not going to touch that because somebody else has made it. So we've now made him make his own lunch in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then he was talking to me about this boy at school and he was smiling away saying he's got this friend and mummy, I've added him on my gaming thing. So we would, we chat and play games together. And I was like, Right. I was like proper choked up because this is a child that doesn't have anyone except for three friends that he's had since school, since his primary school. And all of a sudden he's made a new friend and he's yeah. smiling about it. And it's yeah. just for me, that was this morning, even talking about it on a live with about 600 people watching me. I was like, like this, because that is groundbreaking for me. Yeah, it's you huge know? steps, isn't it? Yeah, massive. Uh- huge steps and you know credit to you uh as well I mean because you you're really trying hard aren't you with your I mean are you qualified you're trying to is it is it something you're doing with qualifying um, I'm actually asking for an extension because I, my life is so busy so I'm, yeah. I'm in touch with Bath College to talk about getting an extension so that I can do it when I'm finished and really right. focus on it so I want to do a course in autism. So it's a cachet level three course, um, understanding autism. I did a lot when I was in a prison service because there are a lot of people in prison that have ASD, quite a few people. Um, so we, we touched on it when I was in prison with Asperger's and, and ADHD. So I really want to do a course in it. And it's more of a gift to my son so that I can understand him better. And other people. I had somebody at stage door, this young lad, two days ago, and some everyone was saying to me, there's a, there's a young boy waiting for you at stage door. He said he has autism. He really wants to talk to you. So after warm-up, I went out and, uh, and spoke to this boy, and he went, I've got autism like your son Tommy, and he works as a, as a, a marshal at football, at Bristol Football Club. And it, I was chatting to him for ages, and he was like, I really, really think it's great that what you're doing. And I was, like, really touched I am kind of flying the flag a little bit, but also trying to make people aware that, you know, if you see a child with ear defenders on or they've got a disabilities lanyard, which is kind of invisible for a lot of people because people just don't look at it and go, oh, and they don't really know what that stands for. But I get my son to wear Bose headphones. They're really expensive headphones. And, you know, because he doesn't want to wear ear defenders because 
at school when he went to normal mainstream school kids were tapping on his head and going what you looking what you listening to and it was it was upsetting because they were bullying him so I was like no I feel like I am kind of flying the flag and I'm trying to make people aware that if you see a, a child that's struggling with something give them space you do it for a wheelchair so why not do it for you know, somebody with a hidden disability lanyard that's struggling, clearly struggling. So We love how open and honest our hot mess mums are about their experiences as parents. A massive thank you to all our lovely guests we've had um, and to you guys for listening and supporting us as well and sharing your experiences with us over on our Instagram page at the Hot Mess Mums. Yeah, and you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure, Kelly, always. Likewise. Yeah, it's been a really good energy. Um, we're, we're sharing the love. That's what we're doing. Happy New Year to everyone, of course. Um, and uh, resolutions, don't worry too much about that. But one thing you must make sure you do is join us again soon in Feb, hopefully. Well, I say hopefully, definitely. We'll see you there. A massive thank you to Kuka for sponsoring this whole season. We love working with them. We really do. And we absolutely adore our wonderful Kuka taps. They are, honestly, they are life-changing. I can't tell you. Um, and they're so handy to have around the house. Um, we're all busy. Um, and especially when the kids are on holidays just now, we've had so many visitors, you realise um how much um these can just sort of like take the stress and take the load off um yeah and um yeah i have to say for the kids too um now they're a little bit older um it's great just to see how they're allowed to make their own food and stuff i know ava lily's favorite is pasta as soon as she gets in from school uh, she's straight there using the tap and it just so quick I can watch her do it she's there saves all that clearing up she's not waiting to boil a kettle it's amazing and I've got to say as well that when we have friends over and family it's a focal point in our house everyone wants to see the cooker taps they want to have a go at using them it blows their mind and I'm like oh I've got something that everyone else wants (laughs) I quite like that Uh, they are beautiful they're a a dream thing to have in your kitchen it's a bit of kooka tap fomo that's what people get (laughs) Um, so to find out more if you're having a bit of fomo um, then have a look at kooka's range of smart looking functional taps Um, head over to their website which is kooka.co.uk and it is spelled q-u-o-o-k-e-r 